Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. Many people associate the horror genre of movies to one particular image or subgenre itself, slashers. Today we're going to talk about the slasher genre, some of the most popular films, and characters in the franchises. As a genre, slasher films center around a killer that always has a motive or particular drive. Most times these killers are focused on a specific person, usually a female, with that female becoming the final girl that we've talked about before. Slasher films are usually horror franchises, which just means that there's multiple films in the series, identifiable and marketable characters, merch lines for fans, famous actors attending Comic-Cons, things like that. The golden age of slashers was from 1978 to 1984, and this is really where the killer became the star. These movies back then and now really tell us about our fears and our secret desires. And these were the first type of horror movies where the viewer and the audience was able to have empathy with the characters, both killer and victim. It makes us think about what we want to do if we were in a scary movie, which is why a lot of people will yell at the screen and just say, don't go in there or don't run in that room. It just shows us that we have and need social connection through empathy, and we can do that channeling really through these characters. We root for them because we want to believe that we're stronger than we think we are. We think we would be able to survive against a killer, and the killers don't really care, and we typically feel that crave of wanting carelessness, just letting go of responsibilities, letting go of laws and expectations, and just who knows, going out and killing people, I guess. But a lot of slashers are based off of loss and grief, and a lot of them start with some traumatic event, which gets us all connected. This mix of terror and empathy creates the formula for connecting with and rooting for characters, and therefore makes slasher movies an outlet for us to experiencing something dementing while being in a safe environment. It helps us deal with our fear of death by saying, I'm glad my death won't be that bad. <laughs> so getting to some of the classic films in the franchises and in the genres itself, I would say the probably most popular in the slasher franchise is Scream, which came out in 1996. This was the first self-aware slasher film ever created and has been dubbed as one of the best horror movies of all time because of this. It does a great job of subverting expectations of the killer throughout the movie with local teens playing a whodunit game within their own friend group. Finding out that the traditional archetype of the killer is not always true while simultaneously forcing our other teens to follow the traditional horror rules to a T. The nerdy scholar in the original Scream film, Randy Meeks, even tells the audience of the film what the rules of horror movies are in order to survive. Saying that you can have sex, don't drink or do drugs, never ever say, I'll be right back. If you push the laws, you end up dead. Aside from the self-awareness of the statement, the killer in the film, Ghostface, uses horror lingo to stalk and kill his victims. When our characters answer the phone, Ghostface asks, what's your favorite scary movie? And goes on to give them trivia questions about each film. Another interesting side fact about Scream is that they have a fake horror movie created solely in their universe as their own version of Scream called Stab. Our characters reference and watch the Stab movies throughout the entire Scream franchise, 
and it creates even more of an audience and character connection that makes us feel like we're watching ourselves in a parallel universe. We don't see, we do see each of the archetypes play out in the original Scream film and in the sequels that follow, with Sydney Prescott, the innocent, serving as our final girl. Because, however, our killer ghost face is both Sydney's boyfriend Billy and his friend Stu, we as an audience are still in for a surprise at the end of that movie. There are now six films in the Scream franchise, so each of them typically follow the same formula but have different characters and all revolve around Ghostface. So it's definitely worth watching and being a part of that universe as well. Next on the list is Halloween. The original Halloween came out in 1978 and revolves around the story of Michael Myers, who killed his whole family on Halloween night while wearing this creepy mask and just stabbing everybody to death. Michael Myers now and throughout the rest of the films of the franchise is chasing Laurie Strode, who is thought to be his long lost sister after he wanted to complete this ritual by killing everyone in his family. So he, Michael Myers himself, really represents the idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a regular person who wouldn't blink twice. Many people don't even know what he actually looks like. And so him wearing his mask, and as simple as a mask as it is, is very telling. The mask itself that he wears in the original film is an inside-out Captain Kirk mask painted white. And the purpose being that this mask is meant to have humanistic features on an animalistic man. Halloween was the first white coat slasher. Uh, simple story, simple characters, white face mask, basic outfit, simply walking around with a knife. And just a fun fact, the movie's original title was The Babysitter Murders. So next on the list is Friday the 13th. There are so many films in the Friday the 13th franchise, but the original came out in 1980, focused around Jason Voorhees, a kid who went to summer camp at Camp Crystal Lake and died by drowning in the lake after camp counselors were off doing their normal teenage things. The following year after his tragedy, the camp reopens, and all of these camp counselors start getting picked off one by one. So we think that Jason is back from the grave, ready to kill again. But at the end of the movie, we find that his mother is killing all of these camp counselors one at a time in revenge for her son dying. So it is a very big twist knowing that she's the one who is doing all of the killings. But it's also very relatable because... A mother's grief for her lost son that turns into her being delusional is incredibly realistic and could absolutely happen. Um, the music that we hear throughout the movie, the ch-ch-ch-ma-ma-ma, is actually hey, 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 ma, 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 which is meant for Jason's mom to be hearing him in her head. Jason has more of a personality than the teenagers do, even though we really don't know much about him. But that makes us not really care about the camp counselors. We just think that they are sheep for the slaughter. Next on the list is The Nightmare on Elm Street. This came out in 1984, the original. And from a filming perspective, this is a blend of supernatural and slasher and monster 
really marketing itself for fans of all genres. The Nightmare on Elm Street centers around Freddy Krueger, our killer, who is larger than life. He has these magic powers and he's dead and in the ether and comes to teenagers in their dreams and there's really no rules. So he can make these fantastical kills, he can make these moves and uh, imagery appear and all of it is very fantastical. So it brings the element of uh, creativity to the slasher genre where it has been very pretty simple before. Um, the idea of Freddy Krueger wearing a red and green striped sweater is on purpose because red and green next to each other on the color chart make our eyes uneasy. So subconsciously it makes us feel uneasy to be looking at him. Freddy is the first monster and killer who actually talks and he's self-aware enough to make jokes. So again, this is the first time where a slasher movie wasn't centered around how scary can the movie be, but rather how can we kill these kids and get creative? And you end up rooting for Freddy and kind of cheering for the killer in this situation because you know that he's not going to die. He's already dead. So those are a list of the most traditional slasher films. We also have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We have Psycho. Uh, the Ring can be thrown in there as well, but the list itself are probably the top five most specific in the slasher franchise. So if you want to get into horror and you want to start watching these movies, start with these. So thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. For those of you interested in keeping the conversation going, be sure to join the Shivers Meetup page so you too can be part of all things spooky.